It's Friday the 22nd of April. This is the Climate Alarm Clock. This week's top headlines, Ireland misses its 2021 carbon targets and Extinction Rebellion activists get arrested in protests. Also coming up on this week's episode, how much more fossil fuel can we burn according to the IPCC? We continue our Book of Leaves collaboration and we start our culture feature with Kaylee Crossan with the movie Don't Look Up. Hi everyone, it's Dara Wynn here. At the Climate Alarm Clock, we feel it's important that people in Ireland can easily access regular climate news. And that's what we try to do by bringing you this climate news podcast every week. If you think the work we're doing is important, please subscribe and review the podcast wherever you listen. And be sure to share your favourite episode with your friends. We start, as always, with our news roundup. And I'm delighted to be joined by Kira Daly and Anna Pringle. Anna, how are you doing? Hi, Dara. I'm good, thanks. The cuckoo has arrived in Donegal in the hills today, so happy about that. Great stuff. And speaking of cuckoos, Kira, how are you keeping? Oh, is that a bit of a dick? <laughs> is that a dick? All good here in County Galway. We've got out for a lovely walk this morning to just take in the positive vibes before I come on and listen to you two talk about the end of the world. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and I'm afraid we're starting with a fairly big, bad oh, story course. today. Um because the news that came out yesterday with an uh, early study from Paul Dean and Bruno Gallagher from UCC is that Ireland's emissions targets for 2021 have been missed. So rather than emissions going down, which is what we should be seeing in a climate crisis, emissions actually grew by 5% in 2021 compared to 2020. Um, that doesn't sound like good news at all. No, it's not good because it's simply put, emissions should be going down um, and they're going up. Um, yep. So probably an obvious question, but why is this a problem? Well, to put it in context, in 2021, Ireland signed, well, increased our ambitions around climate action. Okay. So we brought in a great new Climate Action Act. We brought in a Climate Action Plan. We, we agreed, well, we're still in the process of agreeing on carbon budgets. So we agreed that we would be cutting emissions every year from 2021 on. And now it's gone up 5%. Okay, so we've been talking the talk and when it comes to walking the walk, we're not really following through. We're not there. Yeah. Okay. There's a surprise, eh? Yeah. yeah. And I suppose <laughs> in terms of what that means, well, first of all, all these emissions are making the climate crisis worse. We are okay. trying as a global community to reduce our emissions. As a developed country, we should be leading the way and we're going in the wrong direction. So that's the big picture. In terms of the small picture, what it means is basically Ireland is trying to halve our emissions by 2030. We have a certain amount of emissions that we can use between now and then. And basically we have spent more last year than we have we're projected to spend so that means that we have to have even more significant and rapid cuts in the next few years so we have wasted some of our emissions basically so kind of the more we drag our heels with taking action the kind of more drastic of action we'll have to take later down the line that's that's exactly yeah, it. Kira. exactly that's exactly right stuff like the first carbon budget goes to 2025 and that we're supposed to be reducing by about 5% per, per annum in that time frame. And then it goes up and ramps up after that. But if we don't reduce in that time frame, it means we have more to reduce later. So what exactly is causing this, uh, this rise? What's contributing? 
to so it. So it's it's kind of everything, <laughs> which isn't oh, great. Fair enough. Um, <laughs> the this is an early estimate, so the EPA will be launching their official report uh, probably in the next month or two. That's actually a problem in terms of measuring emissions. It takes so long to count them that we don't find out how we've done for a year until like five or six months later. <laughs> so early estimates suggest agriculture emissions have gone up, but the data is not great for that. But the data for energy and transport will be more accurate. And both of those have gone up. So transport emissions have increased and fuel sales are back to 2020 levels. So basically what that means is despite the talk of electric cars, despite, you know, maybe a bit of a push on increasing public transport, actually fuel sales haven't gone down at all. Petrol and diesel sales haven't gone down at all. So that's for transport. And then, Anna, I don't know, do you want to talk about our electricity consumption? Yeah, so we also saw a big increase in electricity consumption in 2021. And one of the big drivers there is the growth in electricity use by data centers. I'm going to interject. What is, I mean, I know we've touched on it before, but remind me what a data center is. So data centers are kind of our new industrial strategy in a way. And basically they are warehouses of servers, computer servers that hold the data that exists on the internet. So the data from this Zoom call, for example, um, the data on Facebook, Google, whatever, they're held in data centers. And in a lot of ways, the economy is now run by data centers. Yeah. Um, but we have, as, a, as an industrial strategy in Ireland, we are increasing the number of data centers and we are looking to be a data center hub in Europe. Um, so by some accounts, they, data centers will require up to a quarter of our electricity by 2030. Wow. So even though we're going on about how we need to cut, we're doing the exact opposite. You know, we need to cut these emissions. We're doing the exact opposite of what needs to be done. Yeah. yeah there's yeah. definitely and a disconnect between our industrial strategy and our emissions strategy, for sure. And can I ask, just to be clear, the data that is being held in these data centres, is this belonging specifically to Ireland? Like, is that something we control or is it, because you mentioned Facebook and Google, which are obviously international, worldwide companies. So are we taking data, like, are we storing data for other countries? When we, we interviewed Daniel Murray from the Sunday Business Post last season on this and he said it's actually really hard to find out what's in the data center so there's some really yeah. important data there like probably yeah. information you know like that the hse would have that kind of stuff but there's also low probably loads of cat videos loads of stuff that we don't yeah. need so it comes back to in a climate crisis um thinking what's really really Im most important here what's a waste of energy what do we not need and we have a disproportionate amount of data centers in ireland that we can't supply with clean renewable energy so we need to look at that um and then getting back to the report um it's found that our coal or coal consumption increased quite a lot as well um due to due to a number of reasons but that's something going in the wrong direction so um like we mentioned on the podcast last week we need a greener grid but we need to be retiring fossil plants and part of that is actually reducing our overall consumption which is data centers and it's you know and it's personal stuff 
Um, and this is something we have to do. Like, it's not, you know, if we do it now, it's going to be easier. Yeah, abs- abs- absolutely. Yeah. And like, it's not that everyone needs to go out and do everything. We do need to see support from the government to help us with this. Yeah. But I think we all need to, at this stage to acknowledge, yeah, we need to reduce our consumption. That's really, really clear. And we need to be enabled to do it. And this yeah. report that came or this article that came out, one example of where the government are really failing is that... Uh, emissions from heating home heating haven't come down at all which suggests that their national retrofitting program isn't working at all so that's an example where people want to reduce consumption and they can't and need to be enabled by the government and that's not happening so uh, or it's happening far too slowly. Exactly. I mean, so there's a there's a lot to like in the retrofitting program but it's not happening fast enough. Yeah. So basically a summary of this report is like we've got all these fantastic plans. Now it's time to stop dragging the feet and actually start putting them into action. Exactly. 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 It's time for action. And that's how that's how um, they can Paul Dean and Brian O'Gallagher concluded their article. They said, look, we've scored high in terms of climate ambition. But from this year, action and delivery are the only metrics that matter. So forget about talk. Let's look at the numbers and the metrics that really matter, which are all around action. Good. Well, hopefully it gets people listening, hopefully the people that need to be listening, most importantly, as well. Yeah, absolutely. And action is going to be difficult and requires real, real leadership from politicians to actually achieve these cuts. Yeah. Anna, I heard know that you have some um, good news on actions that have been taking up your sleeve. Is that correct? <laughs> well, yeah, one nice story this week was about the um, electric buses that have just been ordered. So we've Lucky. just ordered um, 120 electric buses uh, and they're fully electric. They're not hybrids um, and that's going to be um, introduced and they're double deckers. That's going to be introduced to our electric, our bus fleet well, we've just ordered them, so I don't know when they're actually going to be delivered. But um, but still, it's good news. It's good to see the progress being made on that. And that's great for air quality and emissions. And it's just all positive. Brilliant. And you know me, I'll take the good news where I can get it. We'll take yeah. what we can get. And yep. All right, we're going to move on to our second news story. And it's time, I guess, in that sense, for something new on the climate alarm clock. Since the IPCC report came out a couple of weeks ago, there have been protests all over the world which haven't gotten much coverage at all. There have been climate scientists protesting and getting arrested in an attempt to sound the alarm. And in the UK, Extinction Rebellion have been protesting. So we're delighted to be joined on the Climate Alarm Clock this week by Etienne Stott, who was in the news last week. Etienne, before we get into that, it's great to have you on the podcast. Could you start off by just introducing yourself, telling us a bit about yourself? Yeah, well, thanks for having me. Um, My name is Etienne Stott. I have an MBE next to my name, Um, but the reason I got that was because I won the Olympics in London 2012 in the sport of whitewater canoe slalom in a two-man canoeing category. So I'm uh, an Olympic champion, but I'm also a member of Extinction Rebellion and a outspoken I guess activist in uh, in this area and can you tell us briefly Etienne when did you start getting involved with XR and and why 
So I got involved with XR fairly early on in the game. Um, I uh, joined, I did my first action with them in what was called the Five Bridges action in November 2018. And I've been very, very much involved ever since then. And I just realized after I retired from sports that my ambition to support young people, help them, you know, share the knowledge and interesting things that I learned in my sport was not really that sensible because their lives, their futures were in grave danger because of our government's inaction on the climate emergency. And I felt it was the most logical, responsible thing to do is to actually, you know, get involved to try and save their future, save all our future, um, to try and do a good thing for, for everybody. And so you were very you were involved in some action then in the last couple of weeks. So can you tell us about about what you did there? Yeah, so um, on Saturday um, just past, I climbed on top of a shell oil tanker with another XR activist, another rebel, and um, we climbed on top of the shell tanker, stopped it from moving um, for several hours, uh, basically to make a point about our government's inaction um, on reining these fossil fuel companies in and to also make a point of exposing these fossil fuel companies, their behaviours, which are right now completely um, against our interests. You know, these companies are willingly and knowingly continuing to expand their, 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 their industry at this time, something that, you know, Antonio Guterres, the United Nations Secretary General, described as moral and economic madness. And our government is allowing them to do this. So we wanted to make sure that everybody knows this is going happening and that people can, you know, decide to hold our government to account for making these decisions that are going to literally destroy our future. And they're allowing these companies to get away with it. Brilliant. And you're definitely raising the profile of the issue can you talk us through after you got up onto the oil tanker, what, what happened next? So, um, you know, we have, uh, it was a small team of people and we stopped the tanker. I climbed up and then um, basically uh, the police get called. Uh, we had, a, you know, kind words with the tanker driver who actually was, you know, very calm. We explained that we're peaceful, non-violent activists. Um, and he said he understood he has... Uh, children and grandchildren and he wasn't angry with us uh, it's all very calm and uh, mellow and basically we stand there we stood there talking to media press talking to passers-by waving at people who were quite cheerful on their open top buses as they drove past us um, waiting and then eventually the police arrived and they then took us away to the police station where we spent a period of time at their uh, at their at their in their cells and then got released a little while later which is called under investigation which is why they decide to uh, do what to do with us and I guess there will be legal consequences but I'm prepared to live with them and I, I do not anticipate them being too horrendous um, in my, in my, in my hope anyway <laughs> and also in my, my belief. Can you explain that I guess I guess the intention for for you is to get arrested and you know what do you hope to achieve by that and why do you view that as as necessary Okay so extinction rebellion are um using a um using a method called nonviolent civil disobedience or or civil resistance it's sometimes called as well um, and this is basically where we are using these methods, which does involve people getting arrested very often, because the usual methods of protest are ineffective, um, standing around, waving placards, 
uh, is easily ignored. We've seen marches of hundreds of thousands, even millions of people at some points in the you know relatively recent history, and the government just cracks on and does what it wants. So these methods are proven in history to cause enough disruption to shake the tree and it's unfortunate that it does that you know and this is something we may talk about at some other point but it causes disruption but it's important because right now our governments are left too long um, they've left it too long and now we're really needing to have some quite desperate but very direct methods to make sure these questions are asked to make sure that our demands are considered and, and basically we hope that they are met and our demands are for an end to fossil fuel investments Okay, what's next for you and what would you like to see people do next and government do next? Well, so what's next for me is to have a short break and then we will continue planning and preparing, um, trying to get more people to join the rebellion as we are, you know, that will happen probably in September. There'll be another big wave of an uprising. So I'm calling on all people, you know, all around the world to get involved. I believe that civil disobedience at this point, you know, in some places is, you know, a possibility. It is, um, it's not universally around the world an option open to that many people, but in lots of places, probably in Ireland in included uh, although I, I can't assume that you know in certainly in Great Britain uh, we are calling on people to basically stand up not be a bystander you cannot at this point in history wait for our government to do the right thing and it's up to us all to come together ordinary people to come together exercise our people power to make sure our government looks after us and the future of all of us and all, all all beings to come we cannot stand by at this point in history and just let this catastrophe unfold the way that our government seems to be happy to let it that was Olympic gold med- medalist and XR protester Etienne Stott there. And in sharp contrast, I think, to our first story. Anna, what do you make of that? Oh, I'm so impressed. I mean, and I know, I mean, he's an Olympic gold medalist, which suggests that he's got a certain amount of discipline and dedication to his sport. And he's, you know, so he's bringing that to what he's doing now. But, but the fact that he's willing to go and stand on a tanker and put himself out there and that so many people are doing that now is just very impressive, I think. Yeah, yeah for me, it's like, because it, it is something that is so foreign to me. So it's not foreign, but I it, it's not something I'm around or know anyone who does. But listening to him, he just sounds so calm. And I have to admit, I have this like preconceived notion of what like XR, like who is in Extinction Rebellion. I just think of like, when I think of them, I think of them on the news, standing on trains, like just causing a ruckus and like just being a pest, to be honest. But listening to him in that there, I'm like, oh, he's just so calm. And you don't actually what I'm struck by is like you just don't actually get to hear why they're doing these things. Um, yeah. So in gen- you mean generally? Yeah. But yeah. I mean, but the other thing is, I think, sorry, Dara, I think the other thing that's really striking this week is that you've got scientists. There's now a, a group called Scientist Rebellion and you've got leading climate scientists and leading psychologists and different different types of um, disciplines. And they're doing this now. So it's not just like, you know, crusties on the street or whatever. It's it's actual leading academics and scientists who are willing to glue their hands to yeah. Chase Chase Bank in in LA, for example. And Olympian athletes. Yeah. 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 And yeah. um yeah, and I think what you said there, Kira, about your preconceived notion, that's something we had a longer chat, which we'll be releasing in a couple of weeks' time with Etienne, and that's something that he said in terms of how the media cover it, why they cover it the way they do. Um, he goes into a lot more detail about 
what he's doing, why he's doing it and how people can get involved, which we'll be sharing in a couple of weeks. And I would say if anyone is interested, but they feel like maybe they're put off still by the fact that he's in Extinction Rebellion or they're put off by that language. I would say that in the extended interview, it's just like having a chat with your uncle or something like that. Like it's, I really... You have some pretty cool uncles, Kira. <laughs> I have the reaction, I think, that you two had to this interview. I have that to the next one. Um, So I'd say even if you didn't fully get over the line with that, definitely check out the next one. Okay. Whereas I go, yay, rebels, go rebels. <laughs> Up Cork. <laughs> Apart from that part. Um, that's the end of part one of this week's episode still to come. We continue our Book of Leaves collaboration. We start our culture feature. But coming up next, Kira and Anna are staying with me for the IPCC Explainer. <laughs>